You're listening to Work Human Radio. And here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force. My name is Mike Wood. I am your host, and I am joined by the very pregnant Sarah Payne. Sarah, how far along are you? <laughs> 38 weeks 38 this week. week. What's the total, 40? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're due? If it's a human baby. <laughs> 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 who knows uh you could have a little surprise down there but um <laughs> i picked uh i think your your due date is the 11th and i picked the 8th so i think i picked next friday whatever next friday is is the day that i picked because well, you <laughs> you are very much showing you could no longer hide the pregnancy <laughs> from the rest of the team well i'm excited because i got to squeeze in a few more really cool interviews before i leave oh yeah we talked to um so this episode we talked to alexander kerjolf and he is the Chief Happiness Officer of WooHoo, Inc. Can you tell me a little bit about him? He's all about happiness at work. And Well, he... we don't want that then. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want anybody talking about happiness at work. <laughs> JK, LOL listeners, we <laughs> want lots of people talking about happiness at work. He's from Denmark. And actually, they have a word dedicated to happiness at work in Denmark. And it's the only language where that word exists. So oh. they're always on the list of happiest countries so he probably has some expertise to share in that area but at work human he's going to talk about the power of positive feedback at work great so uh take a listen and uh we will see you after the break after we learn all about happiness with alexander kajolf it's great to have you on work human radio alex i thought we'd start a bit with uh your background and you know what makes you so passionate about building happier workplaces yeah I, I personally came out of the tech industry. I was a, a consultant for a number of years and a, an entrepreneur, co-founded my own uh, tech consulting company here in, in Copenhagen, where I'm from. And one thing I've noticed is what, you know, what it does to people when they have a job they love, when people are engaged, passionate, and happy about what they do at work, right? And, and I've tried that myself. And I've also seen what happens to people when they have jobs they hate. And, and let's face it, a lot of people do. And how that just slowly wears people down over time. So in um, in 2002, in 2002, when we sold the consulting company that I co-founded, I asked myself, what is my true passion in life? And I realized that tech is amazing, but happiness at work is, is something I'm even more passionate about. So so since, since 2003, that's what I've been doing, making making people happy at work. And you're actually the chief happiness officer, right? Yeah, exactly. And my company is called Woohoo. <laughs> a very happy company. Yes. So in your experience, what is the most common blocker to employee happiness? Well, I, I see three main, I mean, there are many, but I see three, see three main problems. And these are in, in your own workplaces in every industry all over the world. Uh, one thing that we see everywhere is just constant busyness. It seems like everywhere you go, there's just too much work and people are constantly falling behind. And this, of course, creates a lot of stress and, and unhappiness. Um, the other factor we see is, is constant change. And, of course, organizations need to change and keep up with the times. But it just seems like it, in, in, in many workplaces now, it's just one change after the other. You haven't even implemented one change, and now they're bringing on the next change. Um, and, and a lot of these changes don't make sense to the people on the floor. It may make a lot of sense to the people in top management, but, but the purpose of each of these changes is rarely explained you know, sufficiently to, to the regular employees. So, so to them, none of this makes a lot of sense. 
Um, and and the, the final reason that people are unhappy at work, and the number one reason, the most common, is just bad leadership. Um, good leaders make their employees happy, and bad leaders just create a lot of stress, frustration, and misery around them. Um, and, and, and there are there are many great leaders out there. There are also some bad ones, and, and we need to, we absolutely need to fix that. And and sort of below the manager or below the leader is the manager um, who yes. should be a leader. Um, yeah. You know what can they do to encourage more happiness at work? What are some <laughs> simple ways they can do that? Yeah, and it's funny you should ask because I wrote a book about that. And it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yes, seriously. November 21st is the publishing date for, and I realize this is, you know, people are probably hearing this later, but my <laughs> new book is called Leading, Leading with Happiness, How the Best mm-hmm. Leaders Put Happiness First to Create Phenomenal Business Results and a Better World. So this is, this is all about that. And I think the, 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 the whole thing starts from valuing happiness, from having both top leadership and managers who know, who realize that happiness is not just nice to have, it actually boosts, boosts business results and happy employees do better work. Happy customers will return and, and buy your products and services again. And, and some of the best ways to do that um, are, are, are really simple. Um, and, and this is where a lot of, I think a lot of managers get this wrong, right? They think that happiness is all about you know, the, the right incentives, uh, salaries, promotions, uh, bonuses, that kind of thing, or, or raises. Um, a lot of managers think, think that it's about perks. We got to give our employees free food and free coffee and free smoothies and massages and an office gym or whatever. But it turns out it's it's none of those. If you look at the research and actually try to see what is it that makes people love their jobs, it's about two things. It's about what we call our model is we call results and relationships. That is what you have to create for yourself and your employees. Um, results is this feeling that that you're good at your job, you make a difference. You contribute to something important that has meaning and purpose for you. And, and relationships is this feeling that, that I am valued as a human being. I belong. I am part of the team. I am I'm appreciated, accepted, maybe even liked. Um, and, and that is what you have to create. And you can do that in a, in a, in a million small ways. Um, one, of our, one of our favorite tools that we try to teach managers is, is stunningly banal, but it's about saying good morning when you come to work in the morning. Actually go around your team, greet them with a cheerful, friendly good morning, show them that you're happy to see them. That is, is one very powerful way of creating this feeling of relationships that you know, people are uh, a part of the workplace that they belong. It's simple, but you'd be surprised how many people neglect to do something so simple. That's, yeah, nothing, uh, who has who said that nothing is as, as uncommon as common sense? <laughs> <laughs> So you're actually leading a session at Work Human next year about the power of positive feedback. How do you think it's best delivered? You know, why do you think managers even withhold it in the first place? Well, uh, first of all, positive feedback, praise and recognition, is, is one of the best ways to create results and relationships. When you actually catch your employees doing something good and you tell them about it, it gives them that feeling that they're doing good work. Uh, which, which boosts their feeling of result, but it also creates relationships because it shows that you see them and that you care about them. So, so you know, of, of all the things that managers can do to create happier and more productive workplaces, I honestly believe that, that, that positive feedback is one of the most powerful. And there is, there is a specific research from a lot of places, including uh, Harvard, 
uh, Harvard Business School on um, the showing that if you praise people, if you give positive, people positive feedback, they are more creative, they are less stressed, they are more productive, they work better with others. Um, so so the, the business benefits are clearly there. And it, it's such a simple thing to do. And, and you can do it in so many ways. You don't need to make a big production out of it. You don't need to give, you know, give people a bonus if you want to praise them. Just an, an honest word of appreciation. You know, go up to an employee and say, hey, I, I just noticed the way you handled that last, last client. Um, he was really dissatisfied. Then you found a perfect solution, and now he's totally happy again. Uh, awesome work. It, it, you really don't need to make a big deal out of it. Just tell people when you see them doing something good. You can tell them in person. You can write them an employees an email to praise them, which is nice because then they can save the email. Um, you can praise employees in meetings in front of the rest of the team. Hey, everybody, let me tell you what Lisa did yesterday. She had this problem. She found this great solution. Awesome work, Lisa. I think the important thing here is that, that the praise is genuine and heartfelt and meaningful. And I think that it's, it's important that you, you know, that you uh, praise for something, that is, uh, in a, in a, for something that is specific, right? So you don't just say good work. But you say, what was good? I noticed that you did this, and then you did this, and then you did this. So if the praise is meaningful and, and honest, and if it's specific, it will work really, really well. And, 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 and this is so simple, right? It, it takes no time. It costs no money. And yet many, many managers don't do it. Um, and, and you, you really got to wonder why not. And I think, I think there are two main reasons. Uh, first of all is that in, in most workplaces, we have – we have developed a culture of, of negativity. Um, this is already a, a human psychological bias called negativity bias, is that we notice the bad things first. You know, if, if somebody presents their work and they've done 10 good things and they made one mistake, uh, most managers will instantly spot the mistake and, and comment on that. It's just the way our minds work. So in, in many companies, there is no tradition of talking about the good stuff, the things that work, the things that people do well, but all mistakes will be pointed out and, and, and punished instantly. Uh, and, I, and I think that's a mistake, but that, that culture perpetuates itself um, and, and becomes a habit, and it becomes harder and harder to see the positive and easier and easier to see the negative. Um, the, other reason, the other reason why the positive feedback is so rare is, is – uh, actually, there's a, an article on this in Harvard Business Review that I found fascinating. Um, if, 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 an, if an employee does really good work, I like exceptionally good work, uh, better than usual, and, you, and, and uh, the manager then praises that employee, then there is every chance just through the law of averages that the next piece of work that person does will be uh, less good than what they ju just did because that piece of work was you know, phenomenal. So the next time they do something, it will probably be a little worse than that, right? <laughs> um, so a lot of managers unconsciously um, have developed this, this, this thought that whenever I praise people for something good, the next time they do the same kind of work, they actually do it worse. Now, they didn't do it worse because of the praise. That's just the law of averages at work. But that's the way uh, many managers think. Uh, uh, conversely, when they give criticism, if somebody does a really you know, exceptionally bad job and, and you criticize that person, then again, through the law of averages, there's a good chance that the next time they do that task, they actually do better. And in, in the manager's mind, there will be a connection between giving criticism and people performing better. This is completely subconscious. No manager actually thinks like that. But, but over time, their experience may tell them that whenever I praise people, they, they, they perform worse. Whenever I criticize them, 
they perform better. Even though, even though, and I want to make this perfectly clear, the research actually points out the opposite. When you praise people, they improve their capabilities, they become more creative, more productive, less stressed, and do better work. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just, you know, habits we develop over the course of our work career. You know, different cultures perpetuate different habits, and, you know, if you come from a negative culture, it it might be harder to uh, adjust. But, you know, as you said, the research is pretty clear on this. Oh, completely clear. And and, and what's so hard is that a lot of what we're fighting here is, is completely unstated. You know, you will never hear a manager say it's bad to praise your employees. You will never hear, you know, you will never find, find in, the, in the employee handbook that in this company we don't give positive feedback. Uh, because, because those are not stated, those will never be stated values. They will also be, always be implicit values in an organization. And the implicit values are just the hardest to fight. Uh, and those habits can be really, really hard to change. But, but that's where at, at, uh, at Work Human, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how to do it and give people some very, very practical tools for how to foster a culture of positive feedback in a workplace. Great. We're looking forward to it. So you mentioned this a bit in your answer uh, about, you know, constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Is there a balance between positive and constructive, constructive even yeah. though, you know, the research shows that positive is clearly more motivating and impactful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 we definitely need both, right? Now, I don't know about you, but if I do good work, I want people to tell me. And if I make a mistake, I screw up. I, I also want people to tell me, right? So we definitely need both a praise and criticism. Absolutely. However, what happens in many organizations is that people only get the criticism. You know, whatever they do that's good is taken for granted and never, never mentioned again. And whenever they make a mistake, that is instantly noticed and punished. Um, so, so here's the thing. If we, first of all, if we remember to praise people for the good work they do, they are more likely to do that again. Um, and therefore more likely to do better work in the future. Also, if we remember to praise people for the good work they do, they will be more open uh, towards any criticism. If we only criticize people, they will be more defensive whenever they're criticized, and, and, and no wonder, right? So, so there, is, there is no exact ratio, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that we as human beings need more positive feedback than negative feedback. Um, and, and if we, we find ourselves in situations where we're, you know, criticized more often than we're praised, I think that ultimately causes um, some psychological harm. There is, there's a fascinating body of literature on, on uh, what's called recognition. You know, how are you, how are you seen by those around you? How are you seen by your peers and your superiors? And, and it, it's, there's a pretty well-established consensus that your identity it is not shaped only by what's inside you, but also very much by how others see you. And if others never see you or only see the bad in you, then that can, can actually cause, you know, it can harm your self, sense of self-worth. It can harm your identity and, and ultimately cause real psychological harm. So we need people around us to see our good qualities in order to build up a strong self, self, sense of self-worth and, and identity. And we need that especially in the workplace where there is so much at stake. This is where we bring most of our talents. This is where we bring a lot of our energy and motivation and, and ambitions. Um, so, and, and, and of course, where we spend a lot of our time. So, so a, a culture of positive feedback is essential for both the individual and for the business's results. Totally agree. So when you go into companies, 
how do you convince the skeptics that happiness <laughs> at work is even important, especially those people yeah. that really believe in the constructive, you know, criticism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I got to tell you that that it's most of the most of the companies that hire us and work with us, of course, are not that skeptical to begin with, which is why they hire us, right? Um, right. Yeah. Um, so there are there are many companies that are you know that think they, the idea of happiness at work is ridiculous. That if you give employees positive feedback, they 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 become lazy and complacent, don't want to work anymore. And those companies, of course, would never hire people like us uh, to come in and give a speech or a workshop. Um, so so a lot of the times that 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 problem sort of take, takes care of itself. But that being said, the the way we do address skepticism is uh, through two arguments. First of all. The research clearly shows, I mean clearly shows, that happy workplaces make more money. It, it really is that simple. Uh, happy companies have lower absenteeism rates, lower employee turnover, higher productivity, higher customer satisfaction, higher sales, higher growth, and a better bottom line, just to mention a few advantages. Okay? Um, so, so, so the argument that you know, if you can make your employees happier, they will do a better job and your company will perform better. That is certainly one way to address it. The other way that we address uh, the, the skeptics is also to say, to point out that, that you know, unhappy workplaces cause real harm to employees. Um, and the research very clearly shows that, that people who are unhappy and stressed at work are more likely to become sick, you know, more likely to have heart attacks, more likely to have strokes, more likely to um, uh, have uh, some forms of cancer. So, so, you know, uh, more likely to suffer psychological harm in their private lives. Uh, people who are unhappy at work have worse uh, relationships, worse marriages. Um, they, t they, they tend to gain more weight, uh, just to mention a few effects, right? So, so basically what we point out is that if, if you're running an unhappy workplace, you are essentially hurting your employees. You may even be killing some of them. And is that what you want? Is that the kind of manager and leader you want to be? Is that the kind of effect you want to have on, on the people who, you know, give you their time and their passion and their skills and their energy? And, 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 and a lot of, for a lot of people, that is a wake-up call. A lot of people realize that, wait a minute, that is not the kind of leader I want to be. Um, and, and, and that, together with, with the purely monetary argument, you know, having happy employees will make you more money, that serves to convince a lot of people. Mm. Plus, it's just, it's a liability, it's a risk. You know, if you don't do anything about it, if you kind of let that culture fester. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 will, it will perpetuate itself and become worse and worse. All of your best and most skilled employees will leave, um, and you will be left with only, employees, only the employees who don't have the will or the skill to hmm. find work elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and what, what is that going to do to your, uh, to your competitive edge? So you, you write a lot about company values, uh, which Global mm -hmm. Forces, you know, we're all about values-based recognition, um, how can employers kind of weave those values into an organization's everyday work and so making them more real for employees? Yeah, in a word, stories. You got to, you got to, you know, keep telling those stories of people living up to the values. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can try and, and intellectualize and rationalize values and say, well, our, one of our values is excellence. And excellence means, of course, always doing your best, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that will never, it will never impact people. Uh, I, th I think the, the main way that we as people make sense of the world is through stories. So what you've got to do is you've got to tell those stories. I'll give you an example. 
I work with a company here in Denmark called uh, Service Gruppen, who do IT uh, service uh, support and service for their clients, corporate clients. And one of their values was respect. Okay, and that's that's a value you'll see in a lot of companies. Um, now you can talk a lot about respect and what what respect is, but what they did instead was they actually published a book of stories of people living up to their values. And one of the stories in this book, uh, I have it right here, uh, is you know one of their service technicians went to a client site to to fix a problem and was treated incredibly rudely by the client staff, like like they were they were just horrible to him. So so the the, the support technician fixes the problem, comes back to the to the office. And you know, tells his manager, here's here's the experience I had. I, I feel terrible about this. They were really rude and disrespectful. Um, so so that story ends up with the CEO, um, and and the the CEO then calls the client and cancels their contract. Wow. Yes. He's like, you know what? This is completely unacceptable. You cannot treat my employees like that. I want you to know that we're canceling your contract. We're not going to work with you anymore. Uh, you'll need to find another uh, IT support uh, supplier. Um, and that story was in this, this story book, this history book. Um, and I think this more than anything else, right, these stories show that they are serious about respect. And they are so serious about it that they will even cancel a customer contract um, uh, if, if the customer is not able to live up to this value and, and treats the employees with no respect. And so, so those stories, we gotta, we gotta find those stories. We gotta tell them again and again and again. Um, uh, and I think a good example is, is employee recognition programs, right? Uh, instead of having employee of the month, which I think is always kind of meaningless, why not have, you know, uh, for each of your values every month, you can nominate and select coworkers who have lived up to that specific value, and then they can be celebrated inside the organization. And those stories, and that's the, that's the important part. Those stories can then get told and retold. And that is how we get people to understand what the values are and to care about the values and to live up to those values. I love that story because it just speaks to the cultural artifacts that exist within an organization and, you know, how important it is to make those visible to even new employees that come on board so they understand what the culture is like um, and it's ingrained in them, you know, from the very start. So I think that's great. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite examples of this is a company in London called uh, What If Innovation, and 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 again they have five different values: love, courage, freshness, uh, whatever. And every month you can nominate, sorry, every quarter you can nominate coworkers who have lived up to one of those values and you can tell the story. And then uh, every quarter, uh, management selects a, a winner in for each of those values. And and here's the cool thing: that story gets painted in uh, those stories get painted in big letters on the wall of the reception area. So, so every single person who comes into the reception, whether it's a, you know, an employee coming in for work or a client coming in for a meeting, the first thing you see when you come into the reception is these stories you know, of, people, uh, of people living the values painted all over the walls and the ceiling of the reception area. I think that was, that was just a, a wonderful way to celebrate uh, these values. They're going to run out of space in the wall. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm, and, and it looked pretty full when I was there. Uh, they, I don't know if they take some down and then repaint or what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so something we like to ask all of our work human speakers, just to get their take on the work human movement, is what mm-hmm. does a human workplace mean to you? Well, well, to me, a human workplace is a happy workplace, right? Um, more than anything else, it's it's a workplace 
where we recognize the value of every single person who lives there, where we recognize that every single person who works there, sorry, every single person who works there matters and makes a difference and deserves a job where they can be happy. It's, it's, a, it's about realizing that there is not a, there is no inherent contradiction between a happy workplace and a profitable workplace that actually those two go hand in hand. And if we can create a workplace where people are happy, they will do much better work, that will make the customers happy, the customers will come back, and we will make more money. Um, so, so that basic realization that, that you know, we, we, we're, in, in my opinion, we're on this world, we're, we're in this universe to be happy and make each other happy. That is what life is really all about. And that is what work should really be all about. So this idea that we, we create workplaces where, where people love to work, they do excellent work that makes the customers happy, uh, that helps create a better world, that also helps create a more profitable organization. In my opinion, that is the ultimate expression of what, what work human means. And, and that's what every workplace should be. And in, and, and in my opinion, I'll, I'll be perfectly ruthless. If, if, if a workplace cannot figure out how to do that, if they cannot figure out how to create business success without hurting their employees, without you know, stressing, creating stress and frustration for their people, then they should not be in business. It's just not okay to create your business success on, you know, based on the, on the pain of your, of your employees. Totally agree. So that's a good call to arms for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and that is the essential point of my book, Leading with Happiness, is that how do we find that kind of leadership where the, the, the happiness of the leader himself or herself, uh, the happiness of the employees, the customers, and of the wider world all go together um, and all reinforce each other? And, and, and what are some great examples of, of companies out there and leaders out there who are already doing that in, in incredibly inspiring ways? And I think that is that's and, and 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 I have to say that positive feedback and recognition is an essential part of that. And I'm so excited to be to to be going to Austin to share how to do that. We're so excited to have you. Well, thanks so much, Alex. My absolute pleasure. So thanks for listening to our interview with Alexander Kerjolf. He is the chief happiness officer over at Woohoo Inc., which can be found at positivesharing.com. He will be presenting. At WorkCubit, which is April 2nd through 5th, 2018 in Austin, Texas. If you can get in your registrations before the end of the year, you will save a lot of money because the price is going to go up after the new year. So um, just visit www.workhuman.com and you'll see all the great speakers that we have up there. And we hope to see you. If you want to follow WorkHuman and the different things that we're writing about, you can go to LinkedIn and type in WorkHuman Community Forum and join it. And also follow us on Work Human Radio, which you're already doing, and the Global Force blog at www.globalforce.com backslash gfblog. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us, and I hope there will be more episodes with you before the baby comes. Thank you, Mike.